Welcome. This is episode 43 of Kratom Sobriety. I am Charlie, and I'm here with Jacob. How's the weather out there on the East Coast? Interesting. It's been warm, then cold, then warm, then cold, snow, rain. So we've had a little bit of... Rose. Yeah, it's not been not been too bad yet from a freezing temperature perspective. The frozen comment was about the internet. <laughs> ah, okay. This week we have an interview with Robin. Decima talks to her and some of her sort of public education activities on TikTok. There's a big pro kratom contingent on that app, and and both Decima and Robin are uh, having some fun and some <laughs> heartaches there. So I bet. And this leads into the subject this week, which is talking about how Kratom is marketed and how we as people a problematic relation with Kratom can internalize some of those messages about Kratom. You know, it's like coffee, not addictive. It's by nine. My top level takeaway is I think the way it's promoted, it takes away our ability to make informed choices about whether or not to use Kratom. And if it was more properly and accurately marketed to the population, could avoid some negative outcomes. That's a very interesting topic. So when I first started using Kratom and then justified using it daily, it was more or less a substitute for alcohol. I was sober from booze and I had done a lot of reading about how Kratom was a good alternative to alcohol. Some some of the tonic drinks I know are even marketed to directly to people that have have had a problem with alcohol as a healthy alternative. And for a long time, I saw it as that. And you know, even when the dependence started setting in, I would say, well, you know, it's less, it's better than alcohol. It's not as harmful, and maybe there's a little bit of dependence here, but it, you know, it can't be that bad. It wasn't really until I got into the extracts, and then I stopped taking those cold turkey for the first time and realized exactly how bad it was that I knew what I was in for. But even then, it relapsed multiple times at night. Some of that justification, at least in the back of my mind, was the, the marketing that says it's you know better than, than another substance. But in the end, it was just like any other addictive substance. Those harms were, were very much downplayed. And I know now, at least, there's a lot more on the internet that you can find that does highlight some of the negatives. It's not like you had to really turn over rocks in 2019 to find any possible negative story about Kratom. I had a unique experience, I think, with Kratom. I had a, it was entirely offline. I never Googled it. I didn't do any research, which is on me. I just walked into a vape shop one day and it was on the shelf. And that's how I was introduced to it. And I didn't have any side effects or negatives at first for the first couple of years. I mean, the first time I took it, I didn't really feel anything. And I started using the extract pills, a couple of them. And eventually I graduated to the extract shots once I had some tolerance. But, I, you know, I think I thought of it as CBD, you know, in the back of my mind. And I think many of us have this. I, it was like, makes me feel this good. Maybe that should be a red flag. But I didn't. You know, I definitely didn't think it was in the same bucket as booze or drugs at all. You know, what, you know, how could it be? You just sold, even ID me when I bought it. No signals the way it was sold. It really was packaged like an energy shot. I did start having problems. And the first time I used it for like 10 days in a row, I got dope sick. I never internalized during my use any of the marketing 
And my first reaction was, wow, that, that feels like a hard drug. This is like something that I shouldn't be taking. Just talking to a lot of people, I hear them struggling with maybe if I just use it in the right way. I've, I've heard that a lot too, or the maybe, or this time I'm going to change my behavior with the relationship and it'll be different. And I'll be able to control my use as soon as I taper off and take a break or I'll rotate strains and then that'll solve the, the tolerance problem. There's all kinds of stuff out there that in hindsight, when I read it and I wanted to believe it, I think it it was easy to deceive the mind. But now when you read back, it's like, it just has all the hallmarks of, of any other addictive substance. It's like, oh, I'll, I drank a lot of vodka, so today I'm going to buy beer and I'm only going to have two beers. Or going to go out this weekend and party with friends, but I'm just going to buy one bag of Coke and I'm going to delete the, the dealer's number so I can't buy any more. Like just all those different justifications that you could do with any substance. And I think the other thing is, if you go into a shop and you buy booze, you'll see a warning label on it that says, like, if you're pregnant or can cause, you know, health problems, etc. You don't see any of that with Kratom. All you see is not for human consumption, which probably should be a red flag in and of itself. But, you know, there really isn't any of that. No one, I don't think if you walked into a store that sells alcohol and you asked the clerk, like, hey, is this going to help with my whatever health problem you're having, they would say yes. Whereas if you go into a Kratom shop, a lot of times they'll be like, oh yeah, it'll help with your depression, your anxiety, etc. But they don't tell you that the reason why it's helping with that is because you're getting an opiate high. Can you think of any other product that's kind of over the counter that one of them kind of strongly believe consumption practices around it is to take regular tolerance break? No. <laughs> yeah. And I know everybody's brain chemistry and physiology is different. I think some people, just like with alcohol, can take or leave Kratom. And mm -hmm. you know, that's not to say everybody, and that's just the case with every drug. But in some ways, I do think actually the marketing is almost more dangerous or harmful than the actual substance, at least small doses of the substance, extracts and some of the other adulterated the, the tonics and stuff are highly addictive and are designed to be that way. So it's up to us as, if we want to get off this stuff, realize that, you know, it's a little bit like William Porter's book or yeah. uh, Annie Grace's books about reprogramming your brain around alcohol deprogramming about how we're bombarded with booze is good messages. And we have to do the same similar thing with Kratom, I think. Yeah. I'm always amazed at the people that can, or say that they can, you know, take a couple grams here or there for, you know, five years, 10 years. And I, I believe them. I know that there's people that, you know, for example, take Vicodin for like a back injury and have taken it for a decade and haven't increased their dose. And I think those are the people that probably generally don't have a substance abuse problems with really anything. A lot of people do build tolerance. And yeah, I have friends that can drink one and a half beers and that half a beer left there is like, what's wrong with you? You know, so there yeah. are, there are people that just, you know, they don't have compulsive relationships with certain substances. I remember going to wine tastings and people would like spit out wine and I'd be like, why don't you just, I know it doesn't taste good, but just, you know, finish it. Why don't you spit it out? <laughs> I, never, I never got that either, but <laughs> it probably means something about me. You know, self-responsibility is really important and in our individual reactions but you know we interact with we're not islands so there's a culture and a 
capitalistic marketplace, that's important too. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, I can't wait to hear. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's good. Now for Decima's interview with Robin. Robin is a friend of mine. We actually follow each other on TikTok and she's a member of the Facebook group. So I'm super excited to have you here today, Robin, and talk to you some more about your your journey down this unique path with Kratom. Yes, I'm excited yes. too. So thank you so much for coming on. So the first thing that we always do is ask for those that don't know you, how would you introduce yourself to the world and what would you like us to know about you? Well, my name is Robin. Some people call me Birdie. That's what my daughter likes to call me sometimes, which is funny because she's like, Mommy or Birdie, which that's just silly, I know. Yes. But I am a stay-at-home mom of a daughter that has type 1 diabetes. So that is where my life is just completely surrounded by type 1 diabetes usually. I touch base a little bit about that in my TikTok, but that's... I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I am a mom. <laughs> I have mom brain. I wear sweatpants all the time. I go jogging with her. I'm just, I'm surrounded by that. And I'm also surrounded by video games as well. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering, Robin, how were you introduced to Kratom? How did it come into your life? Well, I, back in 2014, 2015, I had two herniated discs. And I was put on to Vicodin and then Oxycontin. I was taking it for about two to three months. And then they just took me off of it completely. They didn't want me to get addicted. And then, of course, I still had a withdrawal. I took it as directed, but I still had a withdrawal. That was when I was introduced to Kratom. It was, I thought it was like the cure-all for everything because it stopped the withdrawal that I had. It helped me with my pain. I also had MS pain, but we didn't know yet. I wasn't diagnosed with MS until about 2018. Just thrown into me, and I thought it was God's gift, honestly. Unfortunately, it wasn't, but that's how it was introduced to me. Actually, I had a doctor introduce it to me, but the doctor has kind of backtracked on saying that they introduced it to me. They said that they thought that it was a good idea to take it instead of the narcotics. And then, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but this was yeah. back in 2014, 2015. So there wasn't all of these deaths coming out. There wasn't the seizures coming out on the media. So nobody really knew that much about it back then. It was just, it was still brand new. At first I was getting it from a head shop. I would take the powder. I would do the, I, I would take it in, I would either take it in tablets or I would just do the toss it in your mouth and then the was it backwash like you wash it back with some water? Toss and wash Toss is and what wash. they call That's it. What yes, what they call it. Yes, I didn't know that that was what they called it. I was like, I'm just trying to do this really quick, and then later on, I just put it in a shaker bottle mixed with lemonade. Honestly, going back and forth between taking the toss and wash and then also taking it in a shaker cup kind of helped with the feelings that I got from kratom. But yeah, the doctor 
after so long was kind of like, we shouldn't talk about this anymore. Maybe you should get off of it. And I was totally hooked onto it at that point. And I was like, no, I'm just going to keep doing it, which I regret, but I'm off it now. So <laughs> hallelujah to that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also curious if you had previous issues of abusing other substances. Was that ever a part of your life? Not really. The I guess you could say I was abusing the Oxycontin a little bit because I did, I took it as directed, but I did feel that high, I guess you could say from it. So I was, I was speening over at the end of it where if I was going to that like four hour mark where I could take it, I was just like, okay, I just got to get to that four hour mark and I got to take it. So I consider myself addicted to that. I wouldn't say that I really go for pills anymore. Like if somebody, like for example, somebody was taking them in front of me, I wouldn't be like, oh, I need to have that. I would, but that's how I would be with Kratom instead. So I'd say Kratom is my, my vice. Okay. So I'm just going to back up a little bit and then I'm going to ask a couple more questions about your Kratom use, but let's back up. First of all, congratulations on your sobriety. How long have you been off of Kratom now? I've been off of Kratom today is my 31st day. So I started on December 5th was my quit day and it's January 6th now. So I am officially on clean. That is amazing. So happy to hear that. Yes. And it's only going to get better from here for sure. Yeah. And so you already touched a little bit on, you know, some of the signs for you that it was a problem. I'm wondering if you had any side effects or suffered any serious consequences from your use and any other things that really let you know that it was a problem. Oh, 100%. In the beginning, the beginning I didn't have the, the medical problems with it. But when I first started to notice there was a problem was when I would hit that like four to five mark and I would start to have some pain and I would start sweating a little bit. And I was like, I don't think this is normal, but I just ignored it. But as time went on, I started having my liver enzymes went through the roof. My, my skin started turning yellow, would break out on my face. My stomach was just completely upset all the time. I was taking nausea medication because I was just nauseous all the time. And I didn't put two and two together until I quit that that was Kratom, actually. I also, my MS would flare up a lot if I didn't take it at like the three and a half hour mark. So I would have the nerve pains that like would shoot down my leg. I would have Charlie horses while I'm standing up. And it was, that's, that's pretty much the front of it. I would also have migraines as well. They gave me pretty bad migraines, especially if I took too much. I think a lot of people can relate to the damage that Kratom does. To me, it's crazy how much of that damage we can actually see on the outside, like mm -hmm. our skin and hair. So it just makes oh, you yeah. wonder, you know, what's going on inside our bodies for sure. Yeah. I totally forgot about the hair too. I lost so much hair. I was just taking clumps of it out of my head. My hair is like starting to grow back now, actually pretty quickly. I've got like these strands just sticking out of my head. So it looks kind of funny. But I forgot the hair, the hair stuff was big. I was so upset with the hair loss. But I still kept using because I was like, I need Kratom. I need it. 
Same. I had the same thing. I'm like, I cannot believe you are continuing to use this stuff, Decima, and your hair is falling out. And like you, it was funny for a little while as it came back, all those little baby hairs. I had to like tend to those, but I was still happy to see them, you know, like little flowers sprouting on my head. Oh, yep. And there are a lot of them are gray now too. So I'm like, great. (laughs) But at least we have hair again. So it does come back, you guys. (laughs) Yes, it does come back. So did you have a rock bottom straw that broke the camel's back, a eureka moment? Did you have anything like that? It was with my husband, actually. I I had been wanting to quit for a while, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You're like, God, I really need to quit, but I really don't want to quit. So I I was lying to my husband. I kept telling him that my doctor was saying that it was okay. After a while, my doctor was saying, no, it's not okay. My doctor actually also thought that it was making, I forgot to mention this, but my doctor thought that it was making my hormones stop working as they should be. And it was also blocking my antidepressants that I take for my PTSD. So I was just telling my husband, I was telling him that the doctor's like, no, yeah, Kratom's fine. Everything's fine. And I just broke down one day after I got sick from the Kratom. I just thrown up for like three hours straight and I was crying and my skin was yellow. My skin was peeling. My daughter was running around like crazy. And I was like, I'm lying to you. The doctor says that it's not actually good for me. And I think I need to quit. And he's like, yep, you're done. We're done then. I went back to my doctor and I said, okay, I'm ready to quit. And We came up with a taper schedule for me because I do have to take care of my daughter. My daughter has type 1 diabetes. And she's one of the biggest reasons why I quit too because I was so sick. I was like, I don't want to die and leave my daughter without a stay-at-home mom who I take care of her majority of the time. And if I were to die, I... She would she would just have her father, and my fa- her father is great. My husband is great with her, but having me as her primary caretaker, I'm basically her nurse. So without me, I can't imagine what life would be like for her. So that was really what kind of drove me to quit. So I went and I went to the doctor, and we came up with a taper ske- schedule, and that is when I started to taper. It took about a month, a month and a half for me to taper. I did a little bit faster than a lot of people do I've seen. So I did have some withdrawal in the beginning, but it was a lot more withdrawal near the end. And did the doctor provide any type of medications or anything to assist? And if so, which ones, if you don't mind sharing? And if not, did you use any other kinds of like supplements or vitamins or tools? to assist with the withdrawal they didn't give me anything like suboxone or anything like that but i do take gabapentin for my ms so they did up my gabapentin they also gave me amitriptyline but this was mostly to take care of the ms because my ms was going to flare up we knew my ms would flare up pretty badly with the withdrawal but they also told me i learned from the facebook group about supplements but they also told me about some supplements as well i took dlpa NAC, do you call it NAC or NAC? Uh, I also take this tea uh, that's called, it's, I think you say Kana, K-A-N-N-A, Kana. Have you heard of that before? I have, yes. I've not, I've never really, I've never tried it, but I've heard of it and I heard that it's not like 
kava or kratom yeah. as far as like yeah. addictive properties. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, it really helps you calm down, especially if it's mixed with lemon balm and passion flower. I take that as a tea along with like licorice and stuff like that to kind of give it a little bit more of a taste. Yeah. And I know not a lot of people like not licorice, but I like licorice. So I'm basically a lady. <laughs> relatable yes basically an old lady but that helped a lot as well as taking epsom salt baths epsom salt baths were amazing for my withdrawal we hear that a lot i guess because of the magnesium magnesium seems to help a lot of people but all of those side effects and stuff sound super scary which seems to be the case with a lot of kratom side effects they, that seems to be the turning point for a lot of people yes. is, you know, their health. And what I'm most excited to hear from you through all this is that you did, first of all, become honest with somebody close to you for accountability and support. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is one of the first things that we have to do in order to set ourselves up for a successful recovery. So kudos to you for that Thank because, you. you know, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. I, it really is. And I've, I've been so honest with my husband with everything but that. And I'm so happy he was so understanding about it. He had so much empathy. I also have my mother-in-law. She's a judge now. She used to be a prosecutor. So she actually knew a lot about Kratom. And she was one of the people that was like, you know, you really need to quit. She called it the poor man's heroin. But she had so much empathy. And so did my husband. They were both so helpful with me. If it weren't for them, I don't know if I would have done it or if I would have made it. Well, we call it vegan heroin also. Oh, okay. Vegan heroin. Aren't we so blessed to have the people that love us most still in our corner? They didn't give up on us and they're still there after they could have easily justified. Yeah. I know my yeah. could have easily justified turning their back and giving up. So I know. Kudos to them too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I hear too many stories about people that they're scared to share that with their significant other or with or, their family because they're scared of having the backlash that will come with it. Yeah, a lot of us hide it from not just society in general, but even the person that we sleep with every night. You know, a lot of us hid our use from our partners and like literally hid in bathrooms and stuff. And coming clean about that is a super big deal. So Again, I'm just super proud of you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of myself too. I did a kind of wonky taper. First, I cut, I was taking about 45 to 65 grams a day. I cut it down to 30 grams a day pretty abruptly. So I did start to have withdrawal in the very beginning. And then every three days, I cut down between one to three grams. I had COVID in the middle of my taper. So I slowed down a little bit and then I picked back up. <laughs> COVID was, it was awful while I was going through the taper, but awesome. the taper, I think, taper was helpful for me because, like I said, I have to take care of my special needs daughter. It just kind of made the withdrawal a little bit slower because I heard all of the stories about going cold turkey, and I was like, I need to be able to take care of my daughter. Completely understandable. I am impressed by people that are able to taper because I personally feel like that's going to be the most comfortable way to do it. Yeah. But I understand it's not easy for everybody to do that. And I think you need to have an accountability. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, but no, no, no. 
you need to have an accountability partner, I think, whether it's a friend or a family member, because my husband was always there to help me. I would put it into a shaker cup at the very end, mixed with lemonade, and I would dose for the entire day. And I'd put it in the shaker cup and he would be there to dose with me. So he was there to see what I was doing. And he also watched the Kratom to see that I wasn't overtaking anything. So having an accountability partner was really helpful. That is amazing because that is actually one thing that I do recommend to people that taper. Because if you have somebody that can dose for you, I actually do the same thing with my naltroxin. Now that I'm on the daily dose, I have my partner give it to me. That way I'm not skipping it. (laughs) I have somebody that sees me take my medication. It's kind of embarrassing that I am at that point, but it's just raw and truthful, you know? It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't think you should be embarrassed. I think it's just, I think it's just, it's your journey. Exactly. We all have to get there one way or another. And once, you know, getting there is, that's what's important for all of us. Exactly. I appreciate that. So how were the first 30 days of your quit? I know you had just, you know, reached 30 days not too long ago. I would like to know what that was like and what helped you the most during that 30 days for like the withdrawals and also the cravings. So the first, I'll break it down. So like the first week was hell. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it. It was really rough. I thought that I would not have that much of a withdrawal because I tapered, but I think because I did a little bit faster than say what other people do. I've heard of other people saying that they take off a half of a gram every week. I did it every, I did one to three grams every three days. So when I finally got down to the end, my withdrawal was pretty bad. I had nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, which I'm sure a lot of people have when they quit Kratom sweating, cold sweats were really bad. The restless leg syndrome was like all over my body. So it wasn't just the restless legs, it was restless arms, my back. And the pain that I had because my MS was flared up was really, really bad. I was constantly walking around with a heating pad, like one of those like portable heating pads. And I was just putting it all over my body where I could like having, I had the worst pain. And it was hard because like I said, I had to take care of my daughter. And I have to be able to dose her, her insulin, and I have to be up and about because her insulin could drop like that. And I have to be on top of it. So the first week was not great. I wasn't cleaning as much as I usually did. I put off on the cleaning. We did a lot of takeout that week. I wasn't really eating either because the nausea and the vomiting and stuff. But after the week part, I say five days to seven days, I started to feel a little bit better. I started to notice some improvement. And then every day after that, I could see a little bit of improvement every single day. So I, I have a few people that I'm talking to that are trying to quit Kratom. And I always tell them, like, try to get through that first week because it gets a lot better after that. I started to feel music again. That was amazing. Because when I was on Kratom, I would listen to music, but I didn't get the shivers. I didn't get like the goosebumps that you would normally get. That was one of the the biggest turning points, the withdrawal, like getting off of Kratom. And then I started to eat a little bit more. I I lost 13 pounds, which I'm very happy about. (laughs) But uh, that's 
never going to complain about losing weight. But, <laughs> but after I'd say, I'd say after the second week, I didn't have any sleepless nights or anything. So the two weeks after that, it was more of a mental thing. Dealing with the cravings, I would either go do some self-care. If my daughter went down for a nap, I would do some self-care. I would do my nails or I would go for a walk. If my husband was home, I would let him watch her and I would just go for a really long walk. I feel like going outside is really important because you really need that vitamin D. And getting into the nature, it's kind of just like it opens you up. It, you're breathing in the air and you're just you're feeling so much better with that. And the cravings that also I also help with the cravings was DLPA, NAC and the tea that I drink that if I ever felt like I really needed to take Kratom, I would take some of the DLPA and it would help a lot. Also, I vape, which I shouldn't be doing. That's the second thing that I'm going to be quitting. So I kind of my advice to vaping. I don't know if I would recommend that, but finding another thing to like do. So like some people color, some people will start knitting. I've noticed some people really go to the gym really hard. I think that finding that other thing that you need is really helpful. I also really love DLPA and NAC. I recommend it a lot because it's, they are two supplements that have science to back what they do. And I've had very good experience with them as well. So I'm happy to hear others are having experience with good experiences with those as well. I should say that when I'm vaping, I'm vaping CBD oil. I should say that it's, I, that is something that's really helped CBD oil vaping CBD oil has helped a lot. Uh, I know that you can take like edible CBD and stuff like that, but I found that smoking it kind of helps me the most. Aside from like the supplements and the medications and things like that, are there other things such as exercising, hobbies you're getting into again? What's life like on the other side for Robin? I am getting back into coloring actually a little bit. Well, not just coloring. I like to do those books that are like reverse coloring where you kind of draw a lot. So I'm getting back into artwork and stuff. It's a little hard taking care of a toddler and doing art. So I do that late at night. I started singing again with my husband. He'll play the bass or his guitar. Doing a lot more work out actually too, which is helping my MS. And I'm just enjoying life a lot more. Like I said before, music was really... I really enjoyed music before, but now it's like a part of me again. It's really, it's just, oh my gosh. It's just like, I feel like I've come to God again as well with my music because I feel like I'm talking to him again and reading the Bible more. I really think that that can help a lot of people too, is like finding a different higher power. It doesn't have to be Christianity. It can be any other kind of religion or just talking to the universe itself, like just praising the universe for the things that they were given to you. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of us relate to that. I've talked to so many people and even, you know, some of our past guests talk about how their spirit is stifled by kratom use. And once that kratom use is, is over, it's like your spirit is just renewed and fresh again. And it's amazing. Yes. It's like, 
it's like a whole different kind of high now, I guess you could say. Yeah, natural high. Yeah. The best highs yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. You're high on life. I know that sounds corny, but it's true. It's very true. And a lot of people also talk, say the same thing about feeling music like that. I wish that that feeling lasted long term. I feel like that's something that happens really early in your recovery. And then it just kind of levels out to a normal level. Yeah. Oh, I miss know. those goosebumps. But I do have days. It's more sustainable now. You know, yeah. if you feel amazing all the time, then you have nothing to, you know, compare it to. Exactly. So. That's true. That's true. That's also another thing. Like my emotions have stabled out a lot. Before it was like at the drop of a hat, I could be really angry or I'd be in tears. And I think that has to do with the hormonal imbalance that I had because of Kratom. Now I'm more steady. It's like I'm, if I'm happy, I stay happy for a little bit. And then if I, something happens where it makes me sad, I'll be sad for a little bit. And if something makes me angry, it's not like rage or anything like that. Right. What is with the Kratom Hulk outrage, man? Yes. Like we all were so mean on Kratom. I don't understand it, but I get it. Yeah, I was nasty. I was, I could, I, I felt like I fought with my husband a lot more when I was on Kratom. Now I'm kind of a little bit more chill, which is funny because in the beginning, Kratom kind of makes you a little bit chill. chill. And then it just, makes, then it you just makes you a monster. It burns on you. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It's awful. It's well, I know that you're early in your recovery, but I have all the faith in you. I know that you're going to be, you know, counting years one day soon. Yeah. And going off script a little bit here, but my question for you is, it's two parts. One, where do you see yourself in a year? And two, what message would you give yourself right now for you if you were to go back and listen to it a year from now what would you like to tell future robin okay so first a year from now i want to be completely clean still for sure i you will be yes <laughs> i want to also start doing more with my music and more with my art i want to be farther into my artwork i want to have more art around the house that is mine I want to bring more people back into my life that I lost because of Kratom because I really isolated myself from friends. So I'm starting to reach back out to them. So I want to have more of a community again. And I'm hopefully hoping that by a year from now, my daughter will be a little bit more healthy and I will be able to, I'll have a lot more energy to go out and play with her because with Kratom, I was, I really just wanted to sit on the couch. It was really hard for me to play with her. Now I'm playing with her so much. So my next step is getting out of the house more with her and doing more things with her because she's also possibly autistic. So I really need to get her out and playing with more kids. I want to have the house cleaner. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> I guess you could say I cleaned on Kratom, but not that much. Now that I'm off Kratom, things are a lot more cleaner. And I don't know, I just want to be happier. I'm feeling a lot more happiness now. And I know that's that's corny, but I want to be happier with where I'm at. I feel like Kratom really messed up my MS. I really, I feel like it was blocking my MS medications as well. So now that I feel more like a human being again, and I'm not 
feeling crippling pain. I want to be able to do just, I want to work out more. I want to go back to uh, weightlifting and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I know I'm kind of just like rambling here, but there's so many things that I want to be doing in a year from now. We've already bought a house, so I feel great in this house so far, but I want to make it more of our home now in a year from now. And when it comes to telling myself a year ago, <laughs> I wish I could tell myself to get off of Kratom. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wish I could have been like, yo, girl, just get off of it now. You don't need to wait. Don't just need to do, wait. It now. do it now. Because I said about a year ago, right before my daughter was diagnosed is when I was starting to be like, you know, I should really quit, but I just kept putting it off. I wish I could have told myself that there is a light at the end of the tunnel a year ago from now. I wish I could have been like, this is not going to be this, your depression and your anxiety that you're having every time that you're a little bit too far from Kratom, it's not going to last forever because it was, it was a really dark time for me a year ago because I was also dealing with postpartum depression and mixed with the Kratom, it just made a monster out of me. I was just raging or I was crying and I wish I could tell myself like let go of Kratom because that I think was what was really making me so upset all the time and so just not a good person not talking to my friends not talking to my family avoiding everything and yeah And what about future Robin? Let's send her a message too, because I think it's important for you to reach out to her and put that out there. I guess tell future Robin, keep going, keep following the things that you want to do. Get back into working out again, because I am working out, but get back into muscle building because that's very important when it comes to MS and don't put that off. Don't put off working out. Um, I also hope to tell my future self that it's okay that you had this hard time. Don't feel as guilty as you feel right now because that is a lot of, I do have a lot of guilt right now and hope that I could tell future Robin that it's okay to feel that guilt, but it's okay to let that go as well. I love that. We definitely have to give ourselves grace because we, if you're like me, I spent pretty much every day on Kratom, like, hating myself and really just feeling shameful so that's a very important message to send to future Robin I love that yeah I still feel a lot of guilt because of the things that I took away from that I could have been doing with my daughter because I have so much more energy now I the illness that I was feeling feeling so sick all the time I could have been using that time to be playing with her or teach her things or just overall giving her a better life than I was. I'm going to tear up. (laughs) It's okay. Look, it's your new life now and you are, there's still time to do all those things. And I'm just so proud of you. So do not distress. You've got this. Thank you. Thank you. I just, yeah, the guilt, the guilt is heavy on me, but I'm trying to, like you said, give myself some grace. Absolutely, because you're doing what you need to do to make it better. Yeah. And that that's something. That's a big something. Yeah. So definitely give yourself credit where it's due. One thing that I found super fascinating and interesting, and I have been following on TikTok, 
is that you have been documenting via video your journey while you're quitting. And I'd like to talk about that. Like, what's it like watching yourself going through that now? And how has that been sharing that with the world? It's been fascinating. <laughs> you get a lot of, I get a lot of positive feedback from it, actually. There's a lot of negative feedback as well, but I'll go back to that. It's really cool to be able to look at my old TikToks and see what I looked like back then, back then. and how I was feeling. Because it's like, okay, you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back to this. Um, And it's good as a reminder, but it's also there to kind of help other people. And that's that's the whole point of my TikTok because before I was just using it to just talk. Now I'm using it to kind of share the dark side of Kratom because there's so many people that have come out and negatively talk to me and saying, no, Kratom's not that bad. I tried to get off of it and everything was fine. And I'm like, that's great. But there are thousands of people out there that are trying to get off of Kratom and they're having a really hard time and they need to know that they're not alone. And there's other people out there that are wanting to quit, but they're too scared to quit. And I want to show them that you can do this. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. You can do this. If I was able to do it with a diabetic daughter, trying to basically be a nurse to her and I have to be up all night long taking care of her, making sure that her insulin is taken care of. If I can do that, you can do that. I also have MS and I had to fight through the MS pain. If I can do that, anybody can do that. And documenting that has been really, it's been therapeutic for me because feeling like I'm helping people. I've got a few people so far that I talk to every day and some of them call me their sponsor, which I think is a little bit too early for me to be a sponsor, but I'm, I just, I call them, I say I'm their cheerleader, basically. I'm helping a few people already to get off of Kratom and it just, it's so, it feels so good. <laughs> it feels great to be able to help people. And that's the whole point of my TikTok now is just to help people get off of Kratom and, and to help myself to keep myself accountable as well. Because if I were to slip up, then it's all going back down to day one again. And I don't want to do that want- to those people. I can relate to that too, because if I ever start disappearing from social media and stuff, then you already have a pretty good idea of why. So the accountability thing is definitely a thing for me too. And also, I love that you said, you know, you're doing this to support others and letting others know that they're not alone out there and they're not crazy. That's the main reason why we speak up and share our stories. But it does also open us up to that negative side I'd like to touch on. Yes. We do not only just from the world in general, but oftentimes even within the Kratom recovery community from other Kratom addicts as well, we have to deal with naysayers, questioning what we are saying, questioning our truth, calling us liars, calling us pharma shrills. We're just trying to make Kratom illegal. Kratom does not do that. You must be abusing it. And I'm kind of going on a rant now, so I'm going to shut up. But did you find yourself having to deal with any of that? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes. I've made the mistake. I've had to stop adding people because for a while I was just like, okay, if I add people, that's fine. They would add me and I'd add them back. So then they can message me. So I, I actually just got called today at Pharma Shrill and I was like, that's so funny because you mentioned it to me before. And I was like, who would call you that? And somebody called me that. 
You know, I'm living in a really bad part of town, honestly. If Big Pharma was paying me, I wouldn't be living in a small house. So, girl, I clutched my pearls with some pharma shrill like me. Like, I wouldn't be living here. Like, if I was, man, I would be, like, throwing the money out there. No, I am not. Where is my money? But, no, I've had so many people come at me saying that I was just abusing it. I was taking too much. And I was taking too much. But that doesn't change the fact that there's a lot of people that aren't taking that much and are still having a lot of issues with putting freedom. I think that they need to talk as well. I feel like the people that are only taking, like, 10 grams a day or even less, they should also probably speak up and say, hey, yeah, this can happen to you too. But no, there's there's a lot of negative people. There's also there's people, people there's that people are coming that at are this coming. poor woman in one of my comments who her son had passed away because of Kratom. And in the toxicology report, there was nothing in him besides Kratom. And people are coming at them saying that she's a liar, that she's just making uh, excuses for her son, that he was actually on other things. And she's just trying to ban Kratom because she's a hater. And I just, I can't believe the kind of comments that come out like that. And it's sad because, like I said, it happens within the community as well because I literally just had to address this in the Facebook group today when somebody posted about, you know, a similar experience. And all I'll say is that they had already said that their child had tested negative for everything but Kratom, yet still they were facing, you know, the it had to be something else or the Kratom had to be laced or, you know, yeah. and it's like, why are we saying this when we already know Kratom does crazy things and everybody's so different? We deal with this from the outside world, so we definitely shouldn't be doing this within the community. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's it's scary to speak out. I just want to encourage anybody that's listening and thinking about speaking out. Yeah, it is a little scary, but if you can practice the old Joe Rogan post and ghost and just not allow yourself to engage, sometimes it really does make it, you know, a lot less stressful. Like, let them have their opinions. The way I look at it now, mm -hmm. I am not here to convince anybody that they shouldn't take Kratom. That's yeah. not what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm just here to be honest about my experience and encourage others to do the same. And let's not lie about it. Let's not just sit there and outright say it's not addictive and doesn't cause issues yeah. when it clearly does. But I'll get off my soapbox about Kratom. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, obviously I've had to deal with a lot of trolls as well. So I'm sorry that you have found yourself having to deal with those, but... Thank you so much for continuing to post, even though, you know what I mean? <laughs> I had to learn. I had to learn. My husband was talking to me last night. He's like, just don't engage with them. I try to, right. I try to come at them with empathy because that's what my husband and my mother-in-law did with me. I feel like if I come at them with empathy, they'll listen. But my husband was like, listen, you're not going to change anybody's mind on the internet. It's not going to happen. He's like, you have to stick with what you know and stick with what you're doing. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to help people that understand and know that there's something wrong with Kratom that want to quit Kratom and that I sh I'm encouraging them to quit Kratom. That's my job. Well, on that note, if somebody did come to you and ask you for advice on how to quit Kratom, what would you tell them? I would say I would first ask if they have a support system. That is very important in my opinion. I have had one person 
I won't name her name, but she did say that she was alone. She didn't have any family or friends near her. She was in the military and she was very, she was just very alone. She was an outcast. And I told her, I was like, you need to get out. You need to try volunteering. That's something that was really important. Try going, just going out in your community and trying to make friends and reach back out because she, she had isolated herself. And I thought I was saying, you need to go back out and you need to talk to your friends and family and the ones that you feel that are the closest to you, like say your mother or your brother or your old best friend that you've been avoiding, come to them and tell them what is going on and have them help you. Uh, And then I also would also be a cheerleader for them. Like I said, always have somebody in your corner. I also think that they should join a group. Either go to AA or NA or go into the Facebook group like we have. I feel like the Facebook group or even TikTok sometimes, although you have to be careful with TikTok. But going into a group of people that have been around what you have been in is really important. Like the Facebook group is honestly the second thing that kept me going because there are so many people that went through what I went through and watching their stories inspired me. So either having a support system, and I guess Kratom, the Kratom group is also a support system. So a support system is very important, but also taking the right supplements. So taking supplements like liposomal and vitamin C or DLPM or NAC, magnesium, all those things are very important, I feel like, because Kratom takes a lot of, is it's a toxin. And it's also dumbing down, I think, a lot of the vitamins that are in your system. So taking those vitamins is giving back what Kratom was taking away from you. And drinking a lot of water is also very important. Drinking a lot of water is very important. Absolutely. Don't be afraid of the vitamins. I know a lot of times we absolutely do have deficiencies. That's completely normal. So don't be afraid to take your vitamins for sure. Yeah. But I guess the support system is the number one thing that I think that people should stick behind. Because if it weren't for my husband and my mother-in-law, I would be completely lost. Okay. So thank you so much, Robin, for sharing so many intimate details about this very personal journey that you're on, you know, quitting Kratom. And we'll just take it down a notch into a not so serious topic. We talked about how we always feel music so much deeper again. And what kind of music was getting you through detox and what kind of music do you like? I, so I listen to a little bit of everything. I guess my favorite would have to be hip hop or punk. I really like listening to Blink-182, Paramore. Cardi B is my, oh my God, I love Cardi B and NF. I get down Me with too. Cardi B. <laughs> You'll, if you see somebody in Ohio driving and dancing in the car, it's probably because Cardi B is on and I'm just like going crazy in the car. But I also listen nice. to a lot of Disney music because of my daughter. So Disney music is on all the time here. So listening to things that have inspiring songs in them in Disney music sometimes uplifts me. But NF has a lot of stuff that talks about his struggles with depression and anxiety and really hit home for me with that because he also, my mom was an addict 
and his mom was an addict. So listening to those songs was just like, oh my God, I feel them again. And I am just, I'm coming back to everything that was, I was hiding with Kratom. Kratom was just a Band-Aid. So I had to rip that Band-Aid off. And doing so kind of just opened me back up to all those feelings. And music was just, oh my God, it was just, (laughs) it was so healing for me. Okay, so is there anything that we didn't talk about today, Robin? And also, I wanted to have you drop that TikTok so that we can continue to follow your journey and watch you kick Kratom addiction in the ass. Little Z's mom, so it's L-I-L-Z-S-M-A-M-A, Little Z's mom, because my daughter's name is Zelda. And I guess... What I want to talk about is just just keep trying, keep keep being motivated to do this because Kratom is such, it's such a bad drug. It really, it takes the soul out of you, like you said before. It really, it hurts every part of your body, your soul, your emotions, your physical aspect of your life. It can really kill you. And you want to be there for your family. You want to be there for your friends. So just keep trying. I was talking to somebody on the Facebook group who was like, yeah, I've been taking it for eight years. I have a fatty liver and I I need to quit, but I don't, I don't want to quit at the same time. And just keep trying. Like every day is a new day. So take it moment by moment. You, everybody can do this. Nobody, there's no way that nobody can do this because nobody can't do this. I mean, because if I was able to do it with MS, if I was able to do it with, a child and that's another that's one thing that I see a lot of moms talk about is they've got kids at home. What are they gonna do if they have kids? I wanna share the fact that I am a stay at home mom with a daughter that has possibly autism. She's got diabetes and I was able to do it with my MS as well. And anybody can do it. And just have the right support system, talk on the Facebook group, post on the Facebook group, listen to all of the everybody's stories. And just take that step. Once you take that step, you won't regret it. Definitely. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. I say that every time. So we look forward again. We totally look forward to watching you continue to do the damn thing. Robin, we look forward to seeing more from you in the future. Yes, I just posted a video recently too, and it's getting a lot of positive feedback. So yeah, make sure you check out the new TikTok and check out my TikTok as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us today, Robin. Thank you for having me. Kratom in the headlines. Robin talked about some issues with some of her organs, specifically liver. And I wanted to share several scientific papers on the topic. The first one is entitled Kratom-Induced Liver Injury, a Case Study, and the Importance of Herbal Supplement Regulation. Here's the abstract. Alternative medicine supplements have become the second most common cause of drug-induced liver injury in the U.S. Kratom is a herbal supplement that is popular for its psychotropic and opioid-like activity has become increasingly available in Western countries, which often have no specific regulations on its use. 
However, reports of adverse events linked to cratering use have been increasing. It has been implicated in acute liver injury, acute liver failure, organ dysfunction, toxicity, coma, seizures, and death. Herein, we aim to increase healthcare provider and public awareness of the risk posed by Kratom and ultimately support increased regulation of its use. This paper includes a case report of a 47-year-old man who did have a history of alcoholism but was sober for a couple of years and presented with issues with his liver. And those, after extensive testing, confirming these problems, discontinued after he abstained from Kratom. And the second paper is entitled Kratom-Induced Liver Injury, a New Drug of Abuse with Significant Heptotoxicity. This was published in October of last year. This case series discusses two patients presenting with liver injury. Both were reportedly only taking Kratom supplements, and other causes of liver injury were ruled out via extensive medical workup. These cases demonstrate the importance of maintaining a broad differential in a patient with liver injury, the cruciality of a detailed history, and understanding that although an herbal supplement may not be illegal to obtain or use, serious adverse can be associated. So often, Kratom supporters will say, you're just blaming Kratom for something that was caused by something else because you're a hater. And they also will get to the point where case reports don't count. And science, in, in a way, is just a series of antidotes where you test the hypothesis and eliminate alternative causes for harms and you make reasonable assumptions to determine what is going on. And that's Kratom in the headlines this week. Thank you. Hey, quitters. I hope everybody is doing well. For this week's resource of the week, I am excited to announce that in a continued effort to reach the masses, we have now joined the folks over at the old Tiki Taki. That's right. We now have a TikTok account. You can find us under the username Quitting Kratom Support. You're going to know you are in the right place when you see the link to the podcast and the Facebook group, as well as the mention of the meetings in the bio. We do not currently have a ton of content, but we will get there. Uh, we're always looking for contributions and collaborations from you guys. So please feel free to reach out to Charlie, Jacob, or myself if you have something that you would like to submit for posting on our TikTok account or even something you would like us to take a look at. We love to share, duet, and stitch inspiring, educational, and important content. So if you see something you want us to take a look at, just tag us or reach out. You may also submit your content to be posted anonymously or with full credit and link to your own account. That's completely up to you. So again, check us out on TikTok. That was Quitting Kratom Support, and we look forward to seeing you guys there. Until then, keep it Kratom free.